How's it going, guys? It is James Fields here. Welcome back to another episode of Playing the Field Podcast. Um, this week is a very good episode, so I'm happy that you could join me. Um, you know, lately I've been trying to shorten my episodes, so I will um, try and keep them under 20, you know, 25 minutes. But when I have people on, is it really fair to them if I get to shorten and I have to cut out or, you know, limit the amount of things they can say? Why would I want to shorten the amount of stories that they tell me? Why would I want to shorten the amount or, you know, lessen the amount of information that you are going to get? Like that really came, you know, made me think because, you know, why would I do that? Why does that benefit me and why does that benefit you? Just because I want you to listen to more of the podcast? Um, you know, I really don't care. It's I think that if you want to get more information, you can listen to more of the episode. If you want to get less information and you're really done with it, then you can stop watching it or listening to it. But I'm not going to shorten the episodes because you know I, I, I want you to listen to more of it or it's more appealing because it's 20 minutes instead of 50 minutes. Well, I want to give my every single guest because every single guest that I have on is important and they have their own story to share they have their own information that they want to share, so why would I shorten them and 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 you know almost disrespect them because of my audience, right? So today, um, I really went with that motto. I am going to. I had my good friend Andrew Hutton on, who I admire extremely. He's he's done a lot of things. Um, first of all, I think he's very similar to me in the sense that he really, for someone of my age and you know my generation my millennial mentality if you will um he's very di- <clears throat> pardon me he's very different than the average person he he shows you know he 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 really knows himself he has experienced these things but he is rare in the sense that he is very good at failing at something and learning from those mistakes and we we had a conversation about this we had a conversation about things that he has done things that he has opened up um you know people that he has opened up to and, you know, and he's really someone that I admire. Not only is he very intelligent and at this age takes steps that not normal people would do, um, people people our age, that is, or my age, um, but he, he does a lot more. And so I wanted to have him on. I wanted him to share his story, share the information that he's gathered, maybe add a different perspective. Um, and I really admire him for the things that he's done. He will share a lot throughout the podcast coming up. So... Make sure you keep an uh, ear open. Take in a lot of the information that he has to talk about. Um, this was one of those episodes where you know the guest talked a lot more than I did, and I am perfectly happy with that because the information that he was sharing was very eye-opening. It really a lot of the points made me think. Um, you know, we we sat down and we had dinner before we did this podcast, and even just during dinner, he made me really opened my eyes to a lot of things that I, I really didn't think about and, and, and you know, changed my opinion or slash aspect on a lot of these topics. And he is someone that, that I really um, think is doing well and this early on in his life, he is trying to improve himself. He's trying to do, um, you know, better himself, trying to create, get these new skills, get all these... Um, you know, learn a lot of information as much as he can, um, as early as he can. So, with that being said, this is the podcast. This is Andrew Hutton. Please enjoy it. Here you go. Mm-hmm. 
What is going on, guys, and welcome to the Playing the Field podcast. I'm your host, James Field, and we are joined today by the one and only Andrew Hutton. How's it going, buddy? It's uh, it's pretty good. I'm actually really excited to be on here. Ever since I listened to the first episode, I've been dying to get in this room with you. So <laughs> I've been dying to have you, man. Um, so for the people who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Uh, so, well, first I think I'd, I'd start with how I met you. We actually okay. met... Um, through mutual friends, I think it was Dawson Fleur who kind of first got us connected. Yeah, because it was him and Tyson, and then... And yeah, then was, they were playing, yeah. they they played hockey together, and they started playing World of Warcraft, and then we all kind of yeah. went through the World of Warcraft phase. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we got connected through that, and then obviously, yeah. like, we, we were a lot closer in high school, I think. And then, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, for me right now, I'm, I just finished, like, I'm just about to finish my first year at Western, um, and I'm in basically their va- like business administration program right now, which is called BMOS, which no okay. other school does. It's uh, management and organizational studies. Okay. So I think they just wanted to be different, <laughs> but <laughs> it's essentially the same degree. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I actually really liked uh, my first year, and I really liked my program and my courses. I'm excited yeah. to get more specific, though, because they basically, what they do is they have four different tiers. Okay. Uh, or, or sections that you can go into. And then basically every year uh, you get a choice between sort of how you want to specialize. And then at the end you end up with a very specialized degree. Okay. So it actually ends up working out really cool. But at first you're super broad and super general. You basically take all things, all spectrums of business. So it's been interesting. But now it's, you know, it's time to specialize and start learning more. And I'm okay. excited to do that. But So over the years they keep di- narrowing down into more and more specific? And yeah, basically. Like in second year, I mean, you basically do the majority of the narrowing. And then third year, you oh, pretty okay. much you, you pretty much are like, you know what you're going to do. So there's like accounting, finance, um, HR, so like human resources. Yeah. And then the, what the one they call, um, it's like consumer behavior, so CV. And it's basically marketing. Marketing, yeah. And then there's like an aviation side of the program. It's a little bit weird, hmm. but... Okay. Okay. You know, if you wanted to be a commercial aviation manager. Yeah. Or something. Interesting. Very specific. But yeah. that's all right. That's all right. Very cool, man. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of the main reasons why I brought you, you have a lot of great qualities to you, but one of the, one of the don't let that go to your head, but one of the main um, reasons I brought you on here is because you were a huge inspiration um, for me starting this podcast because you also have a podcast. Um, you're a little bit on a hiatus right now we're taking a vacation it's a summer Um, vacation from the podcast it's a busy time for you though it's a busy time i get it it's 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 exam season i don't have exams um so i'm fortunate in that way but um (laughs) but but yeah no that's that's completely fine but but when i so i started listening to your podcast and that was one of the you know first um things that really got me interested in podcasts that was like one of the first podcasts i've ever listened to oh yeah yeah i talked to tyson he was like hey go check it out so i did it was it was beautiful well i'm happy to hear that that was kind of the point like was well, i mean first and foremost we want like tyson's goal was more like hey i want to reach the community for me we like as we'll sort of get into it was a little bit different but yeah, yeah i was really excited about that podcast especially when we started it and um for anyone listening the podcast name was uh the gentleman's podcast by wannabe gentleman yes the idea basically being that Hey, we're recognizing we're not perfect, but we're trying to aim higher and like trying to work towards like bettering ourselves. And that was kind of the idea behind it. Um, hard to name a podcast though. Like I know you went through that process, (laughs) but it's not easy. Like, no. And you're like almost stuck with it. Like, you know, if you choose this name, it's going to be the name for a while. Right. But you know, it's, it's more the content I think, but it's also, you know, it's that name that attracts people to it. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so the gentleman's podcast by Wait, want to be gentlemen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, 
So, so yeah, let's get into what kind of made you want to, you personally want to start a podcast. What was your goal going into this? What's the main concept of your podcast? Uh, so for me, uh, basically the thing is like, I love talking about current issues in the world. I love talking to people about, especially philosophy, like a lot yeah. of, um, moral arguments and that sort of thing. Um, and for me, it was really just a, like, it was a medium for talking about anything we wanted to talk about and exploring an idea that I wanted to explore. And yeah. I really, especially as I'm moving towards getting into the business world eventually, or hopefully, uh, it's, I think it's such an invaluable skill to be able to look at a topic, form an opinion, and then be able to express that opinion and stand by it. Yeah. And that was something that I really, really was driven to, I, I want to hone those skills, right? And I said, what's a good way to do that? Well, we could do a weekly podcast where we look at a topic and then I just, and, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you do. I think, it, I think in part, it's kind of a practice thing. Like, mm-hmm. You have to, it's like a debate team, right? Like you can practice being on a debate team and you can get a lot better and refine those skills. And that was kind of the goal with that. For me, I really didn't care. Uh, and I still don't care if we get a million listeners or one listener or zero listeners. Yeah. I mean, my mom will probably always listen. So. <laughs> you got that I one. Got one, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I really just saw it as a format for me to sort of further myself. And I think that I, I, that's a way I like to look at a lot of my goals is like, it's not that I'm a selfish person, but I, I like to think about things in like in terms of what I can derive for like for myself. I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, if I do this and like someone else might think this and then that would make me feel good. For me, I'm kind of like, I want to do this in a way that it's centered around like me furthering my goals to yeah. more, like personally rather than like some sort of social standing. Yeah. So I guess for me, like it, it always in my heart has been a very personal experience, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what made me want to start it. And I, I mean, Tyson... I can't really speak for him, but he's he's loved podcasting since day one. I think he loves Gary Vee and Tim Ferriss and all the yeah. legends like that. So he's yeah. always wanted to follow in their footsteps, especially. He thrives off that. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. He loves it. No, that that that's awesome. I really yeah. I think I think a lot of people nowadays don't people um they they sit down and they look at something and they're like oh wow like this is going on in the world and uh, I mean social media and the way people react is like there's there's one of two ways now it seems like there's either they're like oh my gosh we're on an extreme bandwagon and like we need to scream and yell and like make the most noise possible or we just stand and like sit passively mm-hmm. while things kind of pass by mm-hmm. and I don't really like either case like I'd rather sit down and have like a, a comfortable informed conversation where like I express my opinion you express yours and we like the whole goal is we're gonna expand the conversation around it and also like come to some sort of maybe either mutual understanding or at least understanding of like each other's perspectives on the issue yeah um yeah. and for me that's where like the root of the learning can come from and i think that that's really important people just i think that sometimes seeing outside yourself and from a mental health standpoint from a living standpoint from every standpoint i can think of really mm-hmm. is so valuable uh, yeah. To really like see past yourself, and I mean, it's very like I think we get very caught up in the like the me 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 of of every day, and there's the social media where you're posting about yourself, and there's, you know, in a lot of ways today we are products, and we have to sell ourselves as products. It seems like to the rest of the world. Yeah, and I just, I I don't know. I sometimes I just don't want to think about myself anymore, and I think that that we'd be in a better place if we did mm-hmm. that more often sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that like you have to give yourself away all the time but just thinking past yourself sometimes yeah I mean I think that was a big thing for me personally starting this podcast I wanted to be authentic and and sometimes for me authenticity doesn't really mean that I'm thinking about what I'm doing it's more the lack of thinking about what I'm doing it's more being myself not really caring mm-hmm. you know what people think and and just kind of being my positive 
motivating self and if people don't enjoy it then they don't enjoy it you know I really kind of again like you said it wasn't really about the lessons I don't care if I get one for my mom although we just talked about how she doesn't support me <laughs> but um, or whatever I just you know I want to be myself and if people like myself then they like it you know yeah I think and that's so valuable and a lot of people don't get enough value from themselves and it's a sad it's a sad reality but that's I think in a lot of ways that's where your happiness has to come from and that's where your drive should come from internally mm-hmm. and like when you can find something to put your like your moral currency behind that's so valuable yeah yeah i agree i agree completely Mm -hmm. um so so one of the the my main goals in my podcast is to bring value to to others now now i know you talked about how you um you you really want to expand your skills and knowledge and and you know get Mm -hmm. your point out there but where do you put on your list of importance bringing value to others well, I mean, I think it's very high. At the end of the day, we all we're all social beings. We have to learn from each other. It's really the only way that mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. that society works in the way it is. And um, I would love to like. I I guess the thing is like I don't personally. It's not it's not a lack of self confidence, but I don't personally hold my my opinion high enough to believe that I have the like. And this sounds like I'm digging at you. I hope it doesn't no, come across no. that way. But I don't um like I don't think that I'm smart enough to tell anyone what to do. I think mm-hmm. that I am smart enough to put my opinion out there in the best way possible and hope it hits home with someone. Yeah. But I guess like for me, I've never really been able to bridge that gap mentally between like, I, I don't like, I, I guess I, I will give advice, but I try to like steer away from giving advice. I just, mm-hmm. I like to talk about myself and the things that I experience and the things that I do and the things that I'm thinking. And then hope that that spurs other people to think and spurs other people to have an experience like the one I'm having. I guess for me, I'd, I'd like, if you say what is bringing value to others, like if you were to define that for mm-hmm. me, like me being able to bring value to others would be me being able to make someone think about a topic in the same, in a, in a way that I did or enjoy something in the way that I did or yeah. experience something in the way or in a way that they do, but in a, in a way that they wouldn't have if I hadn't brought their attention to it, I guess. And that's the value that I want to bring to someone. Um, it's just experiencing things, yeah, good or bad. Because honestly, the one thing I found out through my whole life is it's great to look towards the good experiences, but the bad ones have so much value too. And like you, I almost like you, you have to lean into that a little bit. And people don't get it. And like, mm-hmm. it sounds weird to like lean into bad things, but we hide from bad things so often in our lives that we forget what value they can have. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, I think yeah. People, people don't even want to think about the bad things in their life, but those are the learning experiences. That's that's what you you gain your knowledge from. That's how you actually change who you are as an individual, rather than you know the good fun times where you're just you're in your comfort zone. It's when you stretch out of there that you really grow as a person. I mean, I think in, in today we have we have means to numb ourselves every minute of every day, pretty much. Yeah, and I think we can pretty much see that anyone who does that every minute of every day is not a happy person. Mm-hmm. They don't end up being a happy person. I mean, we were talking a little bit about Ready Player One, and like it's a little bit of a weird side note, but there, you know, there's a society that spends every minute in something that should be so perfectly amazing, but yet you find out kind of like towards the end of the movie how much it actually kind of takes away to give up, you know, to give up reality, yeah. to give up like the ups and downs of human existence, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I just think that like I like to I like to try to live life with both eyes open and for a long time I didn't live that, like that way and I think the podcast especially is it, like even just as part of that journey and doing that was was huge for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'd like to have other people have that because it's been I mean it's changed the way I see the world yeah no I completely agree 
Um, and, and I, yeah, I really reinforced that. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. That was, yeah, Ready Player One, I know it's, yeah, it's, again, it's off topic, but it was a very interesting concept and it, it makes you think, eh? Because a lot of where our world's going is trying to escape from reality, not embrace it. Or Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I, I was looking at that movie and I'm like, there's other dystopian storylines that are like, okay, you know, this is very not realistic. I looked at Ready Player One and I'm like, this 100% will, like, <laughs> probably will happen. <laughs> like, there's a good chance yeah. this is going to be a thing. Um, and I don't know that there's anything that shows me that it's not going to be, you know, that we're not aiming towards that. And yeah. I, I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing for humanity, but yeah, no, completely. Um, so one of the main subjects that I talk about on here is mental illness. Um, it, it seems that a lot of the guests I've had on have experienced mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that people are so focused on how you control the symptoms um, rather than, you know, I, I don't read many things about where it originates from, you know? So first of all, if I'm correct, you, a, a few years ago, I don't I, now I'm, I'm not that educated on this topic, but you <laughs> spoke about your experiences in front of a group or, uh, yeah. So actually not, not, uh, I guess two years ago now, basically what happened was in high school, um, to give context, I, yeah, I ended up yeah. taking my grade 12 year off. I just like, I got two, three months in and I just, uh, I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I was having panic attacks every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I really couldn't work for more than five, 10 minutes at a time. Like it just kind of got to a point where I couldn't function. I ended up taking uh, a year off school. And eventually then when I came back, I went back to my old, uh, my private school and my other high school. And I, I guess when I came back, I, and after all that time off, I'd really gained a lot of perspective and I felt like I had, and I, and I had like established a lot of strategies for me living a better life yeah. coming off that. And I guess the thing is like, you see in programs like Alcoholics Anonymous, like the 12 step is you take a, you're a sponsor for someone else. Like you help someone else through the program. And for me, I guess like that was a very similar feeling as the one I had. I guess. A lot of people, like when you fight through an experience like that, the first thing I wanted to do the minute I was on the other side or felt capable to was help anyone else who was there because I knew how shitty it was. Yeah. So I like I made it my goal the minute I got it like the minute I got to a place in my life where I felt motivated again and felt like mobile again that I was gonna go reach out and try to make a difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So basically, when I got back, I said uh, to the school, I said, you know, I would really love to give a speech to our whole school about my experiences with mental health, and I'm just I want to tell my story and I just want to say that um, I'm here to listen and that there are other people who've been through it and like it's you know it's not. Mm-hmm. you know and work towards ending a little bit of the stigma around it and anyways my school loved it so I spoke there now uh, four times in front wow. of everyone um, just d- like you know once was kind of my story the second time was about kind of wrapping it up at the end of grade 12 and then I've been back twice since to give different like small speeches about wow. uh, mental health one on ballots talk day that sort of thing yeah very cool man and that <laughs> and I have a tremendous amount of respect for you because not only did you go through this and came out of it, but also um, you had the courage to, to to talk to not only one person, give advice. Like, okay, sure, you can you can give advice, but in front of a huge group of people, and and that is very frightening to me. I don't, and you may be a different person, well, but I think a lot of people struggle with. Oh, that. I was very afraid. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Like before I did it, I was very afraid. I guess for me, like I've always been an open person about my experiences, and I was not. It got to the point where I was kind of like, I don't, this isn't something I have to hide. Like, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And like, if people, you know, I got to the point where a lot of my friends didn't understand what was going on with me, excuse me. And they basically yeah. were like, they thought I was ignoring them. And it kind of got to a point where none of my friends really understood because there was this person who I was when I was okay. And then there was the person who I was that completely ignored them and, and didn't. 
Anyways, it drove a rift between a lot of my relationships to the point where I was kind of like, this is who I am anyways, you know, yeah. and I just kind of, and I know it's hard to make that leap that like, fuck it, this is who I am, I'm going to show everyone that, but I just kind of got to yeah. a point where I'm like, why, you know, why pretend like I'm any different? It just takes more effort than yeah. it's worth. And I was spending so much time creating an image that wasn't real, that I just, I didn't have any effort left to do anything else. Yeah. And it just kind of got to a point where I was like, this is what I need to do. And anyways, I went up and did it in front of my school and... I'm not saying I would recommend it. It's not for everyone. It was a, it was a nerve wracking experience, but like, it was emotional as hell, and like it was so liberating at the end because everyone like everyone stood up. They gave me a standing ovation. Like I literally took everything I could do like to hold it together. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to stand here. And I'm like, it's waiting. an emotional moment. It was an emotional experience, like mm-hmm. especially like to be received that way. And I think for me, it showed me that even though like that's a nerve wracking environment, like the way it was received, I. I think so many people think that like everyone's judging, but especially today, uh, especially in our schools, I, th- I think yeah. that people are doing a lot better of a job at understanding than, than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you're in that position in your head, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the idea that like no one else would understand, but mental health is running so rampant. Like men- yeah. and, and mental illness is running so rampant nowadays that a lot of people have experiences with it that you wouldn't even know. I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people experience it when you don't even, like, they don't, they're not public with it, they're not open, um, but, but, you know, I think they, they appreciate it a lot more, and that's the thing, right, you don't, you don't really think they will until, until they do. At Western University, they just released the statistics from a poll that they put out, and yeah. 89% of people reported having some issues with mental illness um, just this year. Really? Yeah, like, 89% of the people who they pull, I mean you know, the ones who had mental illness might've been more inclined to answer the poll, whatever, yeah. like you can say whatever, but yeah. whatever, ter- it, no matter what, it turned back 89% of people who answered yeah. the poll had an experience with mental illness in the first year of university. I mean, yeah, that's, that's like, that's beyond the majority. Like mm-hmm. no matter how many students you, you want to think about it. And it just puts into perspective that like so many people go through this alone and there's not really a need to like, yeah, so many of us, it took me so long to understand that I could talk out. Yeah. That like now that I you know it, I know it's hard to get there, but once you get there, it's like mm-hmm. it's liberating because so many more people are going through it than than anyone. Yeah. Especially at our age group, right? Like we're at such an we're like we're I mean we're pretty much in the highest level of at risk yeah. bracket. But now now okay on that topic, why do you, why is it so common now? Like one of one of my theories or one of the theories that I've discussed with many people is that we are we've grown up a very soft generation. We don't have the same responsibilities our parents did. We don't have the same um, you know, just shake it off, put some mud on it, rub it in the dirt, whatever, get over it kind of mentality. And we didn't grow up like that. We grew up with, you know, barely any responsibilities and stuff. However, then that's one of my theories, but you have grown up with, I think, a tremendous amount of pressure on you, whether it's from the parents, whether it's from, you know, siblings, whatever. And, and, and so I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts on that. Where do you think yours came from? Where do you yeah. think, you know, a lot of mental illness comes from? So, I mean, I, I totally do agree with your point um, that I do think it is a generational thing in the way that we're growing up. What I would say is we live in a time where it's amazing and we have a million choices, but the choices are almost too much and you can change career paths at any given point. And it's like, it's amazing that you can do that and that we live in a society that would allow that, but it makes us so much less committed to any one road. Um, Like if you read anything about, 
about like mental health and how to be really happy at the end of the day like some of the components that make that drive happiness one of the biggest ones is feeling um connected to like a cause or something greater than yourself um and a lot of people for a long time you know felt like fed that through religion yeah um or fed that through being part of like and, and religion was a huge like being part of a church was a huge part of driving you to be part of your community and stuff like that Anyways, that just to say that we've become so much less committed to the long term as a society because we don't have to be. Mm-hmm. That I think, in a lot of ways, it's it it's sort of hampered us. I, I'm re- I just finished reading a book called The Impulse Society, and the whole idea is the fact that we've driven society in a way where we can answer our our needs and our wants in a moment's notice, and anything that we can't answer in a moment's notice, we basically just dismiss. And the mm-hmm. idea that like we thought that that was the best way to run economies and that was the best way to run society, but we're kind of seeing now that um, some of our short-term goals do not align with what we need for long-term stability in society. Yeah, and I I really just think of like this the the impulsive nature of society is is a huge driving factor. Like we don't see the big picture, and I think that that has a huge cost um, mentally to a lot of people. And I really think the other one for, uh, for me is social media. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of studies out that link social media and depression rates. For it, sure. It, and I mean, that that's a, that like, and that one's inarguable. Like, really, mm-hmm. there's, you can go look at the studies, and I've read quite a few of them. Um, and really, there's, I mean, if you want to get into the neuroscience and everything, I, like, but what it does is you get this little hit of dopamine, right? When mm-hmm. you open your phone, there's a message and everything. Yeah. Um, but when you have that same interaction in real life, you, it comes with a whole web of other neurotransmitters and there's other things going on. But when you have it on your phone, it's like, uh, you basically, what happens is you kind of go into like a withdrawal setting. Um, and we have these little microbursts. Anyways, we've trained our bodies basically to just crave like dopamine, like, like nothing before. And, yeah. and we just are looking for an instant shot of it anywhere we go. And then we have a million different ways around us to get that shot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really what it's done is enable us to look to the short term and like I was saying like I think that's had a tremendous cost because people don't have the same level of fight that they did and long term fight that they did because they had to yeah and it's not I don't think it's a consequence of people but I think it's a consequence of what we've allowed ourselves to become and not recognizing the value of having to work hard and dig deep sometimes yeah yeah I think I think yeah we I think we definitely lack patience I, I 100% lack patience I the first thing that came to mind was, you know, my vehicle. I so I went out shopping for a a car in the summer, and uh, first car I test drove, I bought, and I regretted it because I paid way too much for it and everything. <laughs> but no, we have access to whatever we want, whenever we want, and for sure, in my life, if I could, I could think of a million things where I was like, oh, I could do that. But that would take way too freaking long, so yeah. I'm just going to dismiss it. I'm just going to forget about it. You know, it's too hard. I'm just going to go for the easy route. Well, yeah, and I just think that that has a cost. Like, a lot of times we, I, I mean, I think about it the same way. We have access to do things. We can buy things way out of our means. Mm-hmm. We can, uh, like, really, we, we can act on our greatest whims in a moment's notice in most times. And if we don't, you know, like, yeah. anything that we have to work for, we usually just kind of dismiss because why... Why I work for it. I think for me, that was one of the bigger driving factors. Like I, I openly admit that I was given a lot as a kid and like, I, yes, there was a lot of pressure on me and mm-hmm. like, I wholeheartedly believe that, but I also was fortunate enough to grow up in a family where my dad had his own business and he was very successful in doing that. And he was always, you know, like finance, like financially, I was never any, con- there was never any concern. Yeah. 
Um, there wasn't that pressure for sure. Yeah, there, there definitely wasn't that pressure. I, I never really, like, I've always done pretty well in school. I've been fortunate mm-hmm. to pick up things really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never really had a problem, like, in the dating department. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I guess I've never really faced any, any true adversity mm-hmm. in getting the success I wanted in mm-hmm. life. And then when I kind of got to high school and things started to get harder and I needed to start um, looking for ways to stay motivated over the long term, like yeah. over the long term, it just didn't, it just didn't click. Like it wasn't like in, in middle school and everything, it was like instant success after instant success. And then you kind of get yourself trained to like, I need that success. I need that dopamine hit. But then I couldn't get it because I'm like, okay, well this assignment's going to take me 10 hours instead of 20 minutes that it would have normally taken me in middle school. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have the fight to make it through 10 hours. Like, I, I didn't have that kind of longevity to stay committed to a task. And I think that that, you know. So that's kind of where it hit you. And yeah, I think when things started to take longer and when things started to be a little bit more effort, mm-hmm. then, I, then I really start, like, stop. I just didn't have the ability to sort of fight through that. Um, and then I would get discouraged and like, oh, I didn't, you know, I got an 80 on this and I thought I was going to get a 90. And then all of a sudden I beat myself up. And especially for me, like, that whole cyclical nature of, like, self-deprecation was a huge one like I would really hate on myself mm-hmm. and so like things started to get harder and then I started hating on myself more and then I you know and then I, that cycle just kind of I fed into that cycle yeah and then nothing was ever good enough and then you just kind of hit a point where I was like I couldn't do anything because anything I did wouldn't be good enough and I wouldn't be able to do it as fast or as well as I wanted to do it and then I just it took me a long time to break free of that cycle mm-hmm. um because it's really easy to get stuck in that where like I was, I was measuring myself against everyone around me and especially I have a twin brother. So Mm -hmm. he didn't seem to have the same, like I'm, he struggled. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he had his own struggles, but like he didn't seem to be experiencing things in the way I was. Yeah. So I just had to sit, I was basically just sitting there saying, wow, I'm I'm crap. Like I don't feel good about myself at all. And then it just kind of, and then just got to a point where it was like, I couldn't feel good about anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I just couldn't find value in life, you know? And then that was sort of at the that was sort of at the base of my depression, and um, it's it's a, it's a terrible cycle. But um, like, and that's and that's why I talk about putting perspective in life and seeing outside of yourself. Because when I got so internal at that point in my life, I only saw myself, and I only saw my own pain, and I only saw that, and it was so hard to put everything into into perspective. Mm-hmm. And I just woke up every day and laid in bed in pain and didn't know what to do and didn't leave my room, didn't do anything, and it's like. It's, it's hard to break that cycle. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it, it really, but eventually obviously coming out of it, it, it put a lot of things in perspective. And I mean, it took a lot of work. Like I did therapy, uh, three, four times a week at one point. And I was yeah. seeing like three different therapists, uh, to try different, uh, therapy te- like techniques. Yeah. I was trying different antidepressants and eventually, I mean, push gave, like came to yeah. shove and I mean yeah. enough effort and everything, but yeah, you got to fight through. Like it'll, it'll, it eventually will pass but you got to see that long term and like once I finally saw that long term and like was able to start building up that longevity then that's when things started to really turn around for me yeah I think I think and that's one of the big things that I'm trying to work on is the you know it's it's impossible for me not to you know compare myself to others I'm not going to be 100% only thinking about me and and everything like that I'm not going to fight it I'm not going to you know deny what I what I'm going to do but I will make sure that I take time to turn off my phone and, and really step away from everybody else and worry about myself or do things that are, are kind of a rehabilitating slash refreshing um, activity or something like that. Just to 
just to get more in touch with myself because I tend to lose that, right? And I think a lot of yeah. people lose that when they're so into social media, into <clears throat> everything that they're doing. They, they don't take time to slow down. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, mindfulness is huge in, in most like wellness spheres right now. And mm-hmm. mindfulness meditation is like, there's a huge push and I love that. Um, personally, like we were kind of talking before the podcast, how my, my process for mindfulness meditation is not really meditation at all, mm-hmm. but it is, um, it, it like for, it's really about calling attention to yourself and calling attention to your experience. And I think for me, like, uh, I actually had like a very interesting experience a little while ago where I was, I was starting to get anxious about, uh, about, um, some of my thoughts we were talking, we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about, I had, I, I had broken up with my mm-hmm. girlfriend a little while ago. Um, and breakups are hard, you know, for anyone. Mm-hmm. And basically I just kind of was like, Preach. Hey, that, yeah, it was, <laughs> and I was having a hard time sort of washing that away. And one day I kind of sat down and I just like got myself in this zone and I just focused on that spot where that, where that pain was of that experience and yeah. like I and I felt it just go away and it was like it was weird but like I literally just felt myself releasing it mm-hmm. as I like focused on my breath focused on my experience and like focused on myself and like when you train your brain in that way to to be able to stop and just stop taking inputs and not worry about when your phone vibrates like I turn my phone off I put it out of the room yeah, um, yeah. it is like if you've experienced it properly like it, and it takes a little while to get there but once you start experiencing it like you will never go back Mm-hmm. When you have those experiences of like, yeah, those, those detachment moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those moments of just like, this is me in this moment and mm-hmm. really noticing that. Uh, and, and for me, if I'm getting stressed in a day, like I'll stop and take a minute to do that. And, and I mean, yeah. you can look at the science behind it too. There's a lot, your, your brain actually changes, uh, new studies were just coming out that I was reading recently that were like, uh, talking about there's five major areas of your brain that change during, uh, like when you start sort of doing the process of mindfulness meditation over Mm -hmm. over a long term and basically uh, it ranges from like impulse control areas to um, areas that help like basically control your body's functioning and anyways the point being that like it actually is a huge motive like it's a huge driving factor in your mental well-being if you can stop and do that yeah Um, it's weird because you kind of like you gotta find the balance between like focusing internally and focusing externally yeah um but neither one do we do properly now. You know, you know, we're either too centered on ourselves yeah. or we're too focused on others and what they think of us, I feel like. And we don't do either yeah. of those in the right way. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. It's a it balance. It, it's an art. It really takes years and, and time of getting to know yourself and figuring out what works for you. Um, I, when I started to get in this podcast, I was really go, go, go. It was that launch week. It was crazy busy. I was literally working all day and then I'd come home and I'd, you know, do, I'd be doing stuff till 11 o'clock at night and I was just driving myself crazy and I was really yeah. stressing myself out. And so I, but it looked like, you know, I, I said, okay, well, I just need to take a day off. I don't really care if nothing gets done. Even though I knew I had stuff to do, I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I need this time. And then tomorrow I'll kill it. And that's kind of, it, it worked for me. And when you do that, I mean, you have to like, you have to really commit yourself to that. Yes. One of the things, um, that really helps too is goal setting. I think is really important. I, I one of the most recent studies I read actually was linking goal setting to motivation in the workplace. Yeah. And uh, goal setting is the most, at least according to that study, is the most effective way to maintain motivation over the long term. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the problem is, I think people do goal setting really poorly. <laughs> yeah. Like I think we're really bad at setting goals. Uh, so in your case, for with that example, like for me, whenever I set a goal, it's like I need to 
do these things on this exact time frame or else everything falls apart and then I miss one and I'm like, oh my gosh, crap, like I can't do it anymore. Yeah. But I was explaining to uh, one of our friends, Tyson, that I think that goal setting is, isn't really about that. It's, it's about like, hey, let me set a loose, tangible thing that like I know I'm going to achieve. Yeah. And then, you know, once you build up on those small successes, then you then you start working towards more concrete things. Like for me, I always just started goal setting as like this huge, like it needs to be super strict. Yeah. But I don't think it needs to start that way. Anyways, I, I like now I use goal setting in my day to day. I have I have huge to do lists that I create every mm-hmm. morning. And I mean, sometimes they're out of, like they're out of control. A lot of times I put things on it that is just like they're monotonous. Like I put clean my bed on my to do list. Yeah. And then I check it off right away because, yeah. you know, I made my bed and like. It feels good. Like I actually like yeah, it, you know. And, it, yeah. and then, and then the next thing I have to do, I'm motivated more to do it. Like when I make my bed, I am more motivated in my day. Yeah. And that's like, it, yeah. but it's only because of that small success. And like actually, another study that I was reading, I read a lot of studies. <laughs> um, there, but it was it was basically like motivation in, in big successes versus small successes, and yeah. the better motivating factor was. If you set goals that are very small and you achieve small goals, mm-hmm. you're much more likely to complete all your goals than if you have like three big goals instead of yeah. like nine small goals. Yeah. So set small goals, achieve them, feel great about achieving them. And mm-hmm. even if it feels, it, it took me a long time because I was like, man, brushing my teeth, that seems like a stupid goal. Mm-hmm. But when you start appreciating each thing that you do is like, yeah. wow, I did that, you know, like, and for, like when I was depressed making my bed was like the biggest thing I could ever do in a day. But yeah. when I started like looking at it seriously and being like, good job. Like I made my bed today. I didn't do mm-hmm. that yesterday. It actually, it it's a, it's about perspective. And mm-hmm. like when you put that in that perspective that like, wow, like I'm proud of myself yeah. for doing that. Even though yeah. you don't think you should be, it like changes everything. It can change your life. Eh? That's, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. I'm going to start doing that. That's very cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I love yeah. it. Like I, I, I can't explain it. Like when I make, when I, it's like, it's specifically my bed. Like when I make mm-hmm. my bed, I literally like have a better day. Yeah. Than like when I, when I don't make my bed, it's like, <laughs> like it's quantifiable better day when I make my bed. <laughs> don't let my mom hear this. <laughs> yeah. yeah she'll, she'll be proud. Um, yeah. So going with goals, what are some of your goals right now? Do you have a like long-term goal? Do you have a short-term goal? Do you set long-term goals? Uh, so Yes and no. I mean, okay. my long-term goals aren't like, aren't crazy long. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't have anything that's like, in 10 years, I will be here. Yeah. But, well, uh, I think that's very unrealistic. <laughs> I don't think that's, you know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, really for me, I kind of have found, I've found things that I'm, I'm motivated to do now, I guess, mm-hmm. and, and, and explore now. Like, we talked a little bit about this again before, but I, I really want to... Uh, over the summer listen to my first opera yeah. and like when I say listen to it I mean I want to learn what it means appreciate what the storyline is I want to appreciate it and like actually book and go to like a nice one somewhere mm-hmm. um, and it's a weird thing to want to do but like that's one of my goals and like I want to mm-hmm. I want to learn how to speak better French which is something mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate when I was younger like mm-hmm. most of my goals are related around some idea or something that I wanted to explore because that's really everything that drives me is like I always I, I feel like I'm I'm I have this unquenchable thirst to learn everything that there is to learn in the world because for me, that's like, that's what drives me in a day is like today I'm going to wake up and learn something new. Um, and I know that might not be the same way for everyone, but that's like, that's what gets me out of bed is like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm going to have an experience today. That's going to like, that might change my life, you yeah. know? And like, I'm, yeah. that might make me learn something more. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And basically like, I guess my goals are learn something new every day and continue to push myself 
in ways that to be better, I guess, in, in, in ways that push me to be a better person. Um, I think that once we stop learning and pushing ourselves and we kind of start dying. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And that's one of the biggest things I preach is just, I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but just it never hurts. It can always benefit you to keep trying new things and learning new skills like uh, speaking French, like piano, like like my sister. You mentioned piano. You were going to yeah. try too, but same with my sister. She just, she had some extra free time. She's like, what the heck? So she grabbed my Nana's little piano. She's going to start learning that just to not only develop the skill, but develop an appreciation for more for music and, and what it takes and and that kind of thing. And it's very, you know, it never hurts. It's always beneficial. I also just like low-key of this weird dream of me like mm-hmm. surprising everyone in my family that I can sudden, like suddenly play the piano. Like, <laughs> Could you ever hide that for so long? Do you think you would low-key? I, I don't know if there's um, any way that I could do it. Like wait until everyone's asleep yeah. at 3 a.m. and like secret practice the piano. I don't know <laughs> if it's worth it on that scale, but like... <laughs> it would be so I sick. Have, I it would be so sick. Yeah. Maybe French, right? French would be easier to hide. Yeah. Like one day I'm just going to like bust yeah. out with full fluent French. Just go on it. Like, yeah. What happened? Like, that would be so cool. I know. I know. I, I've had a couple of those thoughts too. I don't know if they're related to... <laughs> I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if I'd have the ability to like do that on the long term. Yeah. And, and, and like and stay motivated with it and like not share it with anyone. Uh, because you have to family, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like I'm not going to lie. My family motivates me a lot. Yeah. Like my, yeah. and my relationship with my mom. Like without my mom, I don't know. I, I know it's like everyone's like, oh, thanks my mom. But like for real, like yeah. without my mom, I wouldn't be... Um, remotely where I am today and like her support and, and my dad too like their support has honestly pushed me uh, has pushed me beyond the edge and like they've really helped foster an environment lately especially where it's like you can do whatever you want yeah um, my parents controversial advice but my parents like fully supported me dropping out um, or doing whatever I wanted mm-hmm. for sure they're like we will uh, facilitate whatever like basically whatever dream you have will facilitate yeah. which I mean it, we're, again we're fortunate to have the means to potentially be able to do that um mm-hmm. But it also blessed me with the ability to determine my path. You know, for yeah. a long time I felt like pigeonholed into I have to do this and I have to like yeah. be part of the family business. But my parents have done a really good job lately of like opening the doors up for me everywhere. I mean, surprisingly or not surprisingly, I still seem to be tending towards the family <laughs> business. But like, <laughs> no, but I and I same with me, I'm very grateful for you know I could do whatever I could. I again I could not have gone to school and okay well maybe they you know. Okay, they'd want me to go to school, but but they want me to do something that I love doing. They don't care what it is. They're very supportive, and I yeah, and I understand a lot of people don't have that, and I'm very fortunate um, for that because it really, you know, it, it and that's one of the things that you know I don't always think about that often is wow, I'm actually very lucky to have such supportive people because um, I don't really know what it feel like or parents because I don't really know what it feels like to to not have that oh, environment. Yeah, I right? totally agree. Like I I I love my parents so much for that mm-hmm. for everything they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I, I guess the thing that I would say though, at the end of the day is like the one thing with the world today, that's so amazing is the fact that I hundred percent feel confident that if you have the right drive and passion mm-hmm. that you will eventually end up somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't think that would have been the case 50 years ago, 60 years ago that like there just wasn't that level of, you know, like, but now I, I, I hate to sound cheesy, but like. If you're willing to like hustle and put your and put your money where your mouth is and like yeah. try different things, there's there's ways to make money. There's ways to always live that there has never been before. Mm-hmm. And like if you find one thing that you're passionate about, you can turn that into a career like that. And like yeah. no one and that's an opportunity that has never existed before ever. 
Um, and I love that, you know, and that, I, and that gives me hope in a way that like, I know that no matter what I do, as long as I keep learning and keep staying mm-hmm. passionate about things that like, I will find that thing that'll make me money and that thing that'll yeah. allow me to live and the thing that'll allow me to like to be pushed. And I think that, that for me is like, that's like the beautiful thing about the world today that no one thinks about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. And I, 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 I love the fact that people can be who they want to be nowadays. Like, like before I think it was, you know, I, I secretly love to garden, and I don't know, I think I used this one before too, but I don't know why I keep going back to this, but I secretly love to garden, but I, it's not practical to become a gardener or, you know, something to do with plants, so I'm going to become something. an accountant, or I'm going to become someone that has a stable job and a stable income, but now you can do whatever the hell you want and still make a decent wage, but... but you can start a gardening YouTube channel... You could podcast. Uh, it, you like, could, I don't know. Like, there's ways to do it. You know. No, there's always. Yeah, you could. Now there's so many yeah. different ways. Yeah, yeah. Because you, your reach is so much farther with today's technology. It's ridiculous. But there, there are so there, there are negatives. But there are so many benefits. And and the fact that you can be whoever the hell you want to be, um, you know, is just great slash amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, I don't know what, what kind of time frame we're on, but... <laughs> I don't even know either. What are we at here? Let's see. We're at uh, 41. It's where I... All right, all right. I, I guess I just want to say that... Shoot me something. <laughs> I want some motivational shit some right now. What do you got? What do you got? I mean, I, th- I think we've kind of gone through the spectrum over we the have. There's been a podcast. lot of motivational shit. Yeah, I, think. Um, I like it. Uh, it I, I, all I would say is, you know, I've been in the shittiest place I could have imagined yeah. and, and that I can even conceptually imagine. I've been... I mean, especially lately, I've had some of the most amazingly positive experiences where I felt just on top of the world. And the thing is, uh, for anyone who's fighting that fight, feeling crappy, like, I know it sometimes doesn't help to to hear, oh, yeah, you're going to get through it because right now it sucks. Yeah. But I have been through it and I've gone up and down and, like, I've had periods where, you know, I haven't necessarily completely relapsed into, into, like, full-blown depression, but I've started to slide that way. And... It's, it's not a one-time fix, but it, you will learn a new way to live and you will, and as much as it's hard, it's going to change your life, but it will be better at mm-hmm. the end and you will get to the other side and you will learn to appreciate more as long as you're willing to fight and as long as you're willing to be open and, and seek help. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard time, but it's also one of the best times as long as you know, you're willing to try and it's not easy to do that and sometimes that might start small and sometimes like I said for me like the place I started was literally like make my bed mm-hmm. and I made my bed and I got right back in it but like I made my bed and that was the first step and then the next day I made my bed and brushed my teeth yeah and like I know it sounds like like remedial but like you get through it yeah. and like you can reestablish your life in ways that you never thought that you could do and for me um, that depression that I went through that was that changed my life in a way that I will honestly it sounds controversial but like I love life so much more because I was depressed Mm -hmm. and the life that I could have gone to had I not gone through what I did I hate the idea of what I would have eventually became when I went if I continued with like the values that I held before I was depressed before I was forced to look at myself for what I really am Mm -hmm. and as much as it sucks when you stop and smell the roses. It, it's actually not like it. It gets better. 
Yeah. And it will get better. And anyone who's struggling with it now or coming out of it now or going into it now, like it will eventually get better. And you just need to have faith in that and trust that eventually it will. And everyone around you, I guarantee you, each and every one of you has someone that would care, even though it doesn't feel like it. If you just take a chance on someone, mm-hmm. because people aren't as bad as we sometimes <laughs> like to think. <laughs> No, I think that is a great place to end things off. You, you, you really, uh, yeah, you touched me there. Touched me. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate you, man. You have done such a great job. If you haven't checked out his podcast yet, check it out. What's the name again? The Wannabe Gentleman's Podcast. Oh, the Gentleman's Podcast for Wannabe He doesn't even know the name. I don't even know the name. It's been a little while. I'll link uploads, it in the description. Uploads will definitely be coming again in the summer. Right now, we're in a little bit of a stall phase, but... <laughs> but you have some episodes to catch up on, so catch yeah. up on those. Thank you so much for listening. Keep playing that field, and we'll see you next week. Bye.